Blog Talk Radio. Father, 
Father God, we praise you. And we thank you for the days that we're in right now. And we thank you for our attentiveness and awareness of the things that are happening across the world, even far and beyond that which we're able to access through any of the web-based media sources. We thank you for the communications, the electronic communications through chat, uh, through messengers, through email, and then the our ability to be able to confirm these things through web searches that reveal articles and information that confirms it that is not present for us to digest or even be aware of without some someone somewhere telling us about it. And we thank you, Father, because we when we are so blessed to be aware of the things that are happening to our brothers and sisters in other countries, it helps us to be able to direct our prayer more effectively, and it also helps us to be more aware of the intensity, the magnitude, and the pervasiveness of these things that are occurring across the world, far more than any of us could ever realize otherwise. And we praise you for that, Father, because it helps us to keep us not only praying appropriately and and more effectively on behalf of our fellow brothers and sisters who are victim to these circumstances that are eventually going to come to our individual homes and neighborhoods, but also to edge of our seats for your arrival. We believe, at least I do, that uh, we are going to be here until at least the point of the uh, manifestation, the full manifestation of the third seal, where it says, do not harm the oil or the wine. And But we do not know how much longer we're going to have to endure past that point. It could be a while. And, uh, of course, it will be to our chagrin and deep sadness. But yet at the same time, Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will use us in accordance to your will to glorify you, even in the midst of the turmoil, the sadness, the, in some cases, agony that we'll have to go through in order to be able to touch other people's lives with whatever it is, whether it be a story, whether it be a testimony, whether it be laying on of hands for the healing of uh, whatever ailment that might have befallen them. Whatever it is that our calling is, we pray that we are able to walk in it in accordance with the word, in accordance with what you have written in our books since before there was time. But especially now, Father, we, we praise you because it is so easy to allow the, dr- the drumming of the end times events to become almost as it almost like a continuous background noise, like thunder in the distance. And we tend to become a little bit used to it, even though we know that it is clearly a sign of the days that we're in right now and clearly a sign of, of the eminence of your return for us. Not your final return, but your clandestine return to pick up the bride during the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and then ultimately the grape harvest in Revelation 14. We thank you for keeping us on the edge of our seats and aware that that eminence, it, it, you, know, it, it, you know, it may be years, but in the grand scheme of thousands of years, from the viewpoint of the throne room, it can only appear to be moments. To us, 
it's agonizingly long. To us, it's death by 10,000 cuts. To us, it's very, very difficult. Words cannot describe how difficult it is to endure and to maintain. No wonder, Jesus, you warned us that in the, as the end grows closer, that we must not fall into a state of mind where we're full of drunkenness and begin to beat our servants and such. We understand now more than ever before the application of that scripture and the warning therein that helps us to understand that we need to be not only on guard and sensitive to the things that are happening around us, but also keep our acts together. It's not that we can't have a couple of glasses of wine or enjoy a nice dinner if we're even able to up until the time that the shelves become utterly empty in our own towns. But it is a very clear and present warning for each of us not to get lost in the woes and the feeling sorry for ourselves woes that are associated with having to endure these days, which is so very, very easy to allow to happen, particularly because from some of our vantage points, we perceive the progression of these events as some level of slowness that is impossible to articulate. It appears to be like watching paint dry. But uh, others who are in the throes of the end times events, the civil unrest and the various protests and things that are happening across the world, the arrival in nearby towns by our homes, only to find that the stores that we frequented, the towns that we had looked forward to traveling to are empty. Uh, The shelves are empty. The things that we're used to buying are no longer there or have either doubled or increased to a a very large magnitude to much higher uh, cost than in some cases we're able to or even willing to pay. And the shock that's associated with the revelation of those things as we discover them slowly in our walk. Some of us discover them quickly because it's thrust upon us in the form of civil unrest, but others of us discover them very slowly, some of us more than others. Those of us who travel to the individual buildings and stores will oftentimes see it faster than those of us who order things online, if we're able. And this multi uh, diver- this diversity, this diversity of discovery has a tendency to cause despair, this type of disparity. We see things from a different set of eyes. Some of us see things progressing incredibly fast. Some of us are experiencing tremendous difficulties. Some of us are not experiencing as large or, ma- or such, you know, magnanimous. That it's just not as big. It's just not as obvious. It, we, we see it. We see the price increases, but we don't experience the outages. We don't experience, we're not experiencing things at the same level same magnitude, the same impact across the world. But we praise you, Father, when you open our eyes, our ears, our hearts, and our minds to the things that are happening together, are uh, happening across the world, and helping us to draw together uh, as part of the body of Christ to pray for one another uh, in accordance with your will and the guidance of the Scripture, but also for those, the others, the unbelievers who are being impacted by these things and have no idea, they, have, they, can, they do not understand. They completely cannot. There's no possible way that they can understand these things. They, could, they would only be able to equate them with, with uh, earthly 
dynamics that they most likely believe are going to pass and that by virtue of their civil unrest and their protesting will drive their local governments to make changes that they're hoping for that would uh, restore their whatever it is they consider to be their sense of normalcy. And in the grand scheme of things, it's so sad to realize that, you know, on their behalf and to empathize with their situation and their beliefs that these things may never happen. But also to praise you that they would not and may not go back to a sense of normalcy because if they did, it would uh, topple over the hope of that eminence that we are all standing upon because we realize that we're going to have to go through these things in order to come to that place where we're able to depart this darkness. And as with great, it's a, it's a combination of a mixed a set of emotions, uh, a, a potpourri of emotions of glory, happiness, joy, uh, sadness, um, agonizing grief. It's a mixture, it's a potpourri of emotions that we have to learn to deal with the ups and the downs there's no stability there's no straightforward there's nothing that we can grasp a hold of except you the only thing and we praise you for this father that we can grasp a hold of the only place that we can go is to our knees in your presence hopefully without any distraction whatsoever that is the only place that each of us are able to go to, to give us a normalcy, a sense of stability, a sense of hope, actually more than just a sense of hope, a known hope. A no, we, it, it's a place where we can reside in the midst of supernatural and unquantifiable. It, it's not even quantifiable hope. It is hope that overwhelms us. Because we know it's real, even in the midst of the turmoil around about us all over the world and in some cases our own town and our own lives. On our knees in your presence, we have stability. On our knees and in your presence, we have peace. On your knees and in your presence, Father, we have trust. On your knees and in your presence, Father God, we, we are who you say we are and we believe and we know that the word, no, not just believe, but know that the words that you have spoken, regardless of what we are seeing made manifest before us, we know that the words that you have spoken are true. And the only way that they cannot come true is a lack of our faith. Helps thou our unbelief, O Father God, we pray, that we will not fall victim to our own failures in faith. And then wonder why we didn't receive. Oh, Father, we pray in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus that we are able to stand against the forces of darkness. We are able to pray for the lost in accordance with your will. We are able to understand what our priorities are as saints and a royal priesthood, a holy nation, your own special people that you have called out of the darkness and into the marvelous light of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, that we may be able to, through your anointing, on behalf of the kingdom, and contend with you before the courts of heaven. The greatest honor and the greatest um, power that could be given to any entities in the entire universes of your creation. A calling with a promise where you spoke, Father God, that you would blot out our transgressions for your own sake, 
and not remember our sins, that we would contend together, Isaiah 43:25, and that we are called as a royal priesthood to ask you, Father, in the name of Jesus, to declare in the mighty name of the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, and for the will of you, Father, from the throne room of God, as part of the Godhead, that we would call down heaven's power, heaven's resources, and heaven's glory, angels, and all the innumerable company of spirits that are at our disposal through the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and his name for the days that we are in right now on behalf of our beloved brothers and sisters that are suffering more so than us and at some point may be some maybe those who we need so desperately to pray for us as the shifts as the difficulties and tribulations ebb and tide across the world different levels of magnitude as we progress further and further, let us never forget in the name of Jesus how these things are going to progress highly likely without any and be aware of how significant, how powerful, how really how unquanti- we we can't put our arms around it. And we praise you for that, Father. We thank you for the revelation of understanding that it is the power of our prayers. It is our contending with you. It is the spiritual warfare. It is who we are in Christ that makes all the difference in in the outcome as far as who is saved that it empowers and gives supernatural endowment to the very missionaries that are out there in the field. It touches people in places of the world who are otherwise untouchable. Yet we don't understand, and for if we did, Father, if we truly knew how powerful our prayers are and what is happening behind the scenes in the spiritual realm and in the dreams and visions of those of whom we pray, we we would not want to stop. The obligation that would fall upon our hearts would be so overwhelming that it would draw us into that secret place of the Most High, which we pray in Jesus' name will never, ever, ever be too far for us to reach in our emotional states, too far away from from us to feel the presence thereof, as we draw into you on our knees in prayer, bringing down your power, your glory, and your angels upon into action upon this earth, and understand that that calling, that calling when executed, is as great a calling as any on the entire planet on behalf of your kingdom. And we thank you for that revelation. We praise you for the awareness of the things that are happening across the world. And we praise you, Father God, for giving us the energy, the stability of heart, the, uh, uh, of our emotional state, that we are drawn into that place to recognize that in the turmoil of daily life, which is made up of both the spiritual as well as the uh, flesh, that that stability, that place of peace, is where we find you, where we find all of your promises, and we are able to bring to fruition that which you have destined for us to do on behalf of the glorious, glorious 
kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for all of your prayers. We thank you for the cloud of witnesses and their prayers. We thank you, Father God, for your for keeping us protected in your holy hand and sealing us for the days that we are in right now. We are imperfect. We do not claim any sense of perfection. We hunger and thirst for your righteousness. And we pray in the name of Jesus that you will help us to become even closer to you, more obedient, more pure, and more endowed with the power of the name of Jesus as we continue to progress in our sanctification amidst all of the turmoil and and tribulation that is around about us, above and below. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray and thank you, Father God. Amen. Tonight is July the 15th of 2022, the 16th of Tammuz, 5782. The next holiday is the 17th of Tammuz, July 17th of 2022, which is a couple of days from now. Hallelujah. The time now is 721 p.m. on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great. And tonight, together, if you so wish, we can light the Sabbath candles. I like to light three, one for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And there we go. I'm always having trouble with these wacky lighters. Hallelujah. But I don't like these little ones because I always get my fingers burned. One for the Father, one for the Son. Praise you, Jesus. And one for the Holy Spirit, the often forgotten God. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Hallelujah. The Hebrew Kaddish. Aruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Bore perihagafen. Baruch Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher kitshanu b'mitzvotav v'ratzavanu V'shabat kodsho v'yavahu v'ratzon Inchilanu zikaron lemase vereshit. Ki hu yom techila lemikra ekodesh zechelitziat mitzrayim. Kivanu vacharta, veotanu kidashta, mikol hamim. Veshabhat kodshecha, beava uvratzon, imchaltanu. Baruch Adonai Mekadesh HaShabbat. Arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. For you are my dove, hidden in a split open rock. It was I, I, who took you and hid you up high in the secret stairway of the sky. Let me see your radiant face and hear your sweet voice. 
How beautiful your eyes are in worship and lovely your voices in prayer. You must catch those troubling foxes, those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I've planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. 
concert with the prayers, I was awakened. Now, I've, I've suspected and have articulated multiple times that I believed that the turmoil taking place across the world and, you know, not just the civil unrest, but also the floods and the fires and things are far greater and more pervasive than what we're able to ascertain through our research. And that has become a proven theory um, for me as of recently. Now, I, I've, I've seen it. And in, in other words, I've said to myself, gee whiz, you know, if there's floods taking place in this country and floods taking place in that country, and I have, let's say, six reports from different parts of the world, sometimes I'll do a special search on flooding and realize that it's actually taking place in 30 different countries, not just six. And we're only getting a tiny bit of the picture. Well, I've had that... I've realized that and seen the evidence of it for a while now. But recently, uh, in fact, most evidently this morning, it was called to my attention through a communication from another believer in Panama, uh, some things that are happening that are far more um, uh, impactful than what many of us would even be led to believe or understand might be happening even in places where they're reporting such civil unrest. And the fact that we're not being told about it is even more troubling. And the, I believe, most accurate estimation that it's happening in far more many places than we realize uh, is most troubling. And to look at any or look or read any mainstream media outlet, and I include when I say mainstream, I'm not just talking about Fox, MSNBC, and all the stuff from the United States of Babylon the Great. I'm talking about um, pretty much, you know, places like the Daily Mail, the Telegraph, the Guardian, uh, you know, the Hill, uh, you know, the uh, Gateway Pundit, uh, you know, uh, Al Jazeera News, um, uh, the Haaretz, uh, you know, um, it, the various news outlets across all of the world, even Sputnik News um, and Russia Today. And I am uh, astonished to announce and to let you know that the worst case scenario is in effect, but it's it's actually a blessing, and it, it's a blessing and a challenge, and of grave, grave difficulty and a tribulation for for all of us, and will become it will become a part of our daily lives very very soon. Now then, here is the blessing. As scary as it is to actually go through these things. As scary as it is to see the tsunami of this tribulation and, and difficulties, difficulties that are pretty horrific, particularly as you're going through them. I know what it's like, and I praise Jesus for the various uh, devastating hurricane events that I've had to go through. Now, I praise God also that those hurricane events did not have a cataclysmic uh, outcome in my direct cul-de-sac. In other words, I mean, there were some, you know, bad, bad things that happened, but they weren't, they didn't blow away my house. They didn't destroy it. 
um, but came very close. The, the cataclysmic stuff and the out and the side effects of the cataclysmic events that were happening across the entire state of Florida were substantial enough that I was able to experience what it's like to have no power for an extended period of time, absolutely no food whatsoever in the stores, absolutely no um, materials, building materials and things that you would take for granted in any given Lowe's or or, uh, um, uh, Home Depot or wherever it is you may have to shop for whatever it is you need. To go to those stores, those outlets, those places and things that you take for granted, it's all gone. But in a, in the case of a hurricane, you are convinced, you know beyond any shadow of a doubt, that uh, in the next several days, those stores will replenish, the shelves will be filled again, and eventually the power will come back on. Although it's pretty horrible when you're dealing with 104 feels like temperatures, humidity that is well, uh, you know, over 100% in some cases, and um, it, it literally impossible to sleep. It is not even humanly possible to sleep. You might catch a cat nap if you uh, set up some place to rest where you can lay back um, on the lower level of your home and open up all the doors and the windows to catch even a slight breeze if there's one to be caught. And sometimes maybe get a little bit of a cat nap. But for the most part, you're sitting in a totally dark room. The only light you have is that of a couple of candles. And if you're fortunate and blessed enough, you may have a D-cell, a battery-operated fan that's able to slightly cool you in 104-degree temperatures, uh, feels-like temperatures, with uh, humidity 100% dripping. Um, and so that that's pretty hard to deal with. It's exceedingly hard to deal with, the whole picture, the idea that the power is out, the idea that you cannot get any more gasoline for your generator, if you even have a generator, the, the, your, your neighbors coming over to your house saying, please, please, please let me plug into your generator. Of course, your gas is going to burn up doubly as fast, very much, many times magnitude faster when you're plugging your neighbors in, but you can't say no. How can you fly a Jesus flag in front of your house and say no to somebody who's coming over with an orange extension cord and, and asking you for power? You can't. And call yourself a Christian, although many will. The times that we are in right now and the times that we are heading into, and I only say that with that duplicitous parallel progression dynamic is that it, it's because we're all in different locations in the world. I should have estimated, but did not. Um, I thought it might be possible, but I didn't. I certainly wouldn't have preached it as a, as a guarantee uh, from any stretch, but it was tucked away in the back of my mind that when you look at, the, at, the, at this idea that we, those of us who live in the United States of what I refer to as Babylon the Great, which beyond any shadow of a doubt, the Bible does as well. So if we are to be compared, biblically speaking, to Babylon, and we would consider that typology, that reference of what Babylon was like during Nebuchadnezzar's role, during the time of the Babylonian captivity, during the time that Daniel was uh, with, you know, and serving ultimately, you know, the whims of Nebuchadnezzar uh, with restrictions, of course, uh, et cetera. 
if you were to make a parallel of that time on Earth to the days that we're in right now in the United States, as and when you're aware of just how dark this country actually is and has been for decades or longer, then one would need to estimate, to be accurate, that our, this country's similarities to the original Nebuchadnezzar ruled Babylon are far greater than what we probably even realize in our daily walk. Now, what do I mean by that? Praise Jesus. What I mean by that is that I think it's reasonable to estimate that in the and I'll, I'll give a couple of examples. I'll use I'll use the Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon, as well as I'll use the Roman Empire as well. I will even use. Um, let's see. How about the United States of America during World War II? How about that? It's another parallel. How about uh, there's just many many of them. I, I could just go on historically and mention. Uh, but when you are a part of the conquering nation. And when you are a part of the Roman Empire and you are literally living in Rome, as your armies all around the world are conquering, devastating, slaughtering, killing children, murdering, raping, pillaging, and taking over lesser and weaker countries, your people living in Rome, your people living in Berlin, your people living in the United States, your people living in Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar are experiencing less impact than those countries that are being taken over, raped, pillaged, and destroyed by your armies. How many of us lived in relatively peaceful times when Babylon the Great's armies we're literally destroying the lives of men, women, and children in other countries for no good reason. Iraq? Anybody remember? I could mention many others as well. These dynamics are happening now. These dynamics are in full play now. Now, does that mean as God's judgments come down upon this earth that Babylon the Great will be perpetually free of the civil unrest, the trials, the tribulations, the empty food shelves, uh, the war situations, the bombs dropping from planes in the air. No, no, absolutely not. At some point in this unrolling of the seals that we're in right now, these things will come to pass here in this country now, are they happening in Bora Bora? Are they happening in Tahiti? Are they happening in Tasmania? Are they happening in New Zealand? Are they happening in Papua New Guinea? Are they happening in this place, that Okinawa? Are they happening in all these places? No, they're not. Are they happening to some degree in many other countries, maybe even dozens or hundreds of other countries, to some degree? And the answer is yes. When the Black Lives Matter and Antifa riots were occurring all across the United States, were they happening in Denmark? No. So what we're seeing are uh, diversities of end times, civil unrest, pestilence, famine, 
Wars, rumors of wars, and all the things that our Lord Jesus warned us about in the Olivet Discourse happening right now, simultaneously across the world, at different levels of magnitude and impact upon the local or civilian populations. But they are happening, and we're not aware of them. If I'm not aware of them, then you're not aware of them. Because if I'm doing a radio show and dealing with hundreds and hundreds of, of uh, apocalyptic news articles, through, you know, two times a week uh, and more, and connected to uh, an untold number of people as well as communication protocols across the, the Internet and searching them out and with, with, with high levels of skill in doing so then it is unlikely that you're aware of them any more so than I am. We are all more aware of something than our brother and sister to the left of us or to the right of us. We are full of diversities of understanding, and in that we iron sharpens iron praise God, and that's what I'm doing right now. I want you to understand what I have been made aware of. I suspected it was the case, but I wasn't emotionally moved by it because I couldn't find enough evidence that it was as bad as I kind of had a hunch that it was. When your hand, it's one thing to see the burner on the stove being red, but it's another thing to touch the red and feel the burn. And I want to share this with you, praise God. First thing I want to share with you, praise Jesus, before we move into the prayer vigil, is, um, you know, to the, to the more praiseful, prayerful part of the prayer vigil. I wanted to share with you that you can type into your search engine, which of choice, and even with the censorship going on, you will likely find it. It's entitled the Car- CarnegieEndowment.org. If you type Carnegie, C-A-R-N-E-G-I-E, endowment, global protest tracker, Carnegie, C-A-R-N-E-G-I-E, endowment, E-N-D-O-W-M-E-N-T, global protest tracker. If you type that into a search engine, you will find this site. Currently, right now, it states, in this most alarming depiction, over 230 significant anti-government protests erupting worldwide at this time. More than 110 countries have experienced significant protests. Now, that's we're talking about huge. Some of them are over a million people. 78% of authoritarian or authoritarian-leaning countries have faced significant protests, and over 25 significant protests have been directly related to the coronavirus pandemic. Not sure how relevant that is in the grand scheme of the end times, but nevertheless, it is a part of it. Now, I could sit here and I could go and say, let's take a look at just the active protests that are taking place right now with uh, approximately 1,000 people protesting in Argentina, over 10,000 people protesting in Armenia, over 5,000 protesting actively right now in Ecuador, over 10,000 protesting actively in India, over 1,000 people protesting actively in Indonesia, Iran, 5,000, another group in another part of Iran, uh, over 1,000 protesting, Iraq has 10,000 protesting. 
protesters. Israel has over 100,000 protesters right now. Lebanon has over 1 million people protesting. Myanmar has over 100,000 people protesting. In the Netherlands, which is also known as Denmark, has over 10,000 people actively protesting in the streets. Pakistan has over 10,000. Senegal has 1,000. Sri Lanka right now is over 10,000. The Sudan has 100,000. Thailand has 10,000 people protesting in the streets. Tunisia has over 2 million. I'm going to take a look. That number doesn't look right. It's either 2,000 or, yeah, the the comma is mislocated in this particular string of numbers. The United Kingdom has 1,000 actively protesting right now, and there are over 10,000 people currently protesting in the United States of Babylon the Great, primarily over abortion. And these are just the ones that this is tracking this particular tracker is reporting at this time. However, I can tell you from my own investigation that this tracker from the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace, how ironic and upside down that title is, is not up to date. And you might say, what do you mean? Well, what I mean is what I'm going to share with you. Here's the headline. And by the way, there's probably, oh, I don't know, maybe 12, 24 different News outlets from anywhere from ABC to the BBC, you pick it, you name it, they're out. It's reported. It's out there. But has it shown up on any of the ones that, you know, folks, I mean, why, why didn't I, why wasn't I aware of it? Why wasn't I aware of it? I should have been aware of it, but I wasn't. Which asks, which begs the question, how many more am I not aware of? I would submit that given experience of the last 11, almost 12 years, that it's probably in the dozens and dozens and dozens. I'm probably unaware of many dozens of very awful, horrific situations that are even worse than those dynamics that I was speaking of when you're in the throes of, and you might say, how so? Well, I'm going to share that with you right now, and then we're going to, we're going to go into the praising, the scripture, and the prayer visual uh, more so because it's needed more than ever before. But I wanted to share this with you to give you a background and a foundation for understanding the importance of our prayer now. Because I'm telling you folks, think about this. God needs our prayer. That's why it says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, for my own sake. And I will not remember my, your sins. Let, let, you know, uh, you know, these, these words from our father, from, from the throne room, I, underscore in double-bolded black lines the, the vital contribution that is paramount in its importance that we participate with our Father in prayer, both spiritual warfare prayer and prayer for, you know, in the plain tongue, in the angelic tongue, in speaking in tongues. In any way that we are able to, we should be praying more now than ever before because now, and you might say, but needs first and foremost, you know, I want to, I want to tell you, it's, it's two, it's twofold. It will not only give you more and more and more and more, um, uh, uh, rewards in heaven, but they, they, those rewards will only come to you if your prayers are coming from the heart. If you lack empathy, you got to get past that. If you lack tears, feeling sadness and feeling the sadness, the agony, the hungry, the, the all the stuff that these people are going through, if you don't empathize with them and you don't 
pray with the tears and the love and the compassion of Jesus for them. With unimpeachable, absolute love of God pouring out of your heart in your tears for these people as you are praying for them, then you're not going to receive any rewards. We never do anything for the sake of a reward. We do it because we can't help it. And if you're not there yet, then you've got to go back a couple of steps and get on your knees and beg God, beseech him to fill you with the love of Jesus. To Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray on behalf of every listener of this program and every listener of this program for the last 11 years, in the name of Jesus, that you will fill them with your agony. You will fill them with your tears. You will fill them with your heart, Father. You will fill them with your love. You will make each and every one of us fall deeply in love with you, deeply in love with why you love the people of this earth, that you would send Jesus here deeply. Help us overflow with your love. Help us to not be able to walk past a person who is hurting without stopping or even turning our cars around to go back and help them because we can't help it. Please, Father, bring us to that place where we can't help it. That the idea of driving past them is not acceptable. The idea of watching someone dig for pennies and quarters in their purse so they can put one gallon of gas or a portion of a gallon of gas in their tank out of desperacy while we stand there and watch them is unacceptable because we've been so blessed. Place, Father, please, in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ, the crushing agony of your heart upon our hearts that we overflow with your love and we cannot help it. We can't. We can't help it. Just as we couldn't help see a a dog limping across the road after being sideswiped by a car or a cat or whatever, we cannot help but even hear about the difficulties that our fellow brothers and sisters and the unbelievers even of the world out there, our neighbors, are experiencing that we would be brought to our knees in tears. Fill us, Father, with your compassion, with your love, Jesus, that we are able to execute with a manifestation of power that is beyond our understanding because that, those tears, that agony in our heart, that compassion in our heart becomes manifest as power. And quadruples, sextuples, I don't even know how much more a magnitude of uh, multiplier of power our prayer. And we need that extra punch of power from the throne room that manifests through our agony, through our tears, through our emotions that amplify the power of our prayers on behalf of those of whom we pray. If we would only have understood this a long time ago. And Father, never let us pray because we feel like we're obligated, but let us pray because we're drawn to it and we want to please you and we want to help people and we believe. Not only do we believe, but we know beyond any shadow of a doubt, we know 
that the prayers that we are praying are effective and that miracles are happening across the world because of them. And to take home into our hearts joy overflowing, knowing that some number of people have been helped supernaturally, even by a visitation of an angel in a dream, that they might become someone who is gloriously touched and overflowing with tears of joy when we, when we meet them in the afterlife of eternity and glory and beauty and joy overwhelming. Help us, Father, to see these things through eternal eyes. For now is the time that we have been called. Now is the time that we manifest that which you have sent us to become. Ever growing stronger and stronger in the power that you've endowed upon us through the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. And thank you for that nice cold drink of water that may not be cold all that much longer, the way things are going. I praise God. So this is ABC News. I'm just going to read this to you, and then I'm going to read the testimony to you, and then we're going to move on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. ABC News. The the headline reads, uh, Panamanians angry over inflation press on with protest. Frustrated Panamanians have taken to the streets in protest for more than a week, building upon anger over fuel prices that have nearly doubled to make known their general dissatisfaction with the government of, of President Laurentino, Laurentino Cortizo. Now, one of the things that I wonder to myself deep down inside, I don't even know how relevant it is, if at all, is how many of the people that are protesting in these various countries, many, many, many of them, and many of which have not even shown up on the radar of the global protest tracker at, at the Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. Because the Panama protests do not show up on the global protest tracker yet. That means there's a lead time or some type of a delay before they do. So how many more dozens or, or hundreds more might be taking place now that are not even showing up on the trackers? This report is from just a couple of days ago, July the 12th. All right. And but and I'm going to read a little bit more of this head or this article to you, but then I'm going to read a testimony of one of our brothers in Christ and, you know, on behalf of him and his family of what they're actually experiencing. So there is a big difference between what we read on the written report versus the reality on the streets of Panama. And by the way, this is the same dynamic that occurs when I when you know when when Hurricane Irma goes by my house and I'm dealing with all of the outfall of that, including no power, no way to sleep, trees leaning on the roof of my house, uh just debris everywhere. And that's when it's less than even a category 1 going by 100 miles to the, you know, east of me. I can't even imagine what it would be like if it direct. 
It took almost when 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 Tampa, Florida got grazed by Irma and we did the live. It was with Jose Della Esparella. He was on, you know, the co-host of the program with me for a while. And I, I haven't heard from him for a while. So I don't even know if he's still with us. He might be in heaven now. But we were live when that hurricane was moving past the Tampa Bay area. We were live on the show and a massive palm tree. And by the way, those things get huge, folks. They get really, really big. And this thing was massive, 60 feet tall, if anything. And it fell over on my house while I was doing a radio show. And the only reason it didn't come crashing through the roof, here's a miracle for you, is it hit my ham radio antenna. Now, I wasn't pleased that it hit my ham radio antenna for a multitude of reasons. But, and that antenna to this day is laying, it looks in the, it's in the shape of a letter L. But that tree hit the amateur radio antenna and stopped less than a foot from the structure of my roof. And the power was out for four days. The temperatures were very high, but nothing like they are today. I can't even imagine what it must be like today. The shelves in the stores were empty. No food. No building materials. Everything was gone. No gas stations. No people trying to get gas because the electricity was out, and without electricity, you can't pump gas. So it was just a ghost town, wherever you went. It took almost three months for the municipal refuge disposal, whatever you want to call them, for the municipal authorities to send trucks out of, of enough of trucks, enough of trucks and enough of people to go to all of the different places that they had to go to pick up the piles of debris that were as high as you can imagine. I mean, literally, you would walk by piles of debris that people were putting in the streets that were as high as six feet tall several feet across, sometimes really immeasurable when you think about it. And they were overwhelmed. It literally took months and months and months and months and months for them to come around and pick it up. And that was probably the equivalent of a, well, um, like a Category 0.5 hurricane. Because the actual hurricane was a 1 as it was going past Tampa, 100 miles to the east. So it says in the article here, ABC News, it says, Frustrated Panamanians have taken to the streets in protest for more than a week, building upon anger over fuel prices that have nearly doubled to show their general dissatisfaction with the government. Now, could they be upset about other things as well? Highly likely. Almost always when we get reports... In articles, we are only being told one-tenth or less of the story. It goes on to say the protesters grew Tuesday despite President Laurentino uh, Cortizo's promise a day earlier to extend the freeze on gasoline prices to all Panamanians rather than just the public transportation systems. And it goes on to say thousands of marched in the capital across Panama while roadblocks brought traffic to a standstill and Pan American, uh, on the Pan-American highways. As Cortizo said Monday uh, that he understood citizens' dissatisfaction and he blamed the COVID-19 pandemic and Russia's invasion of the Ukraine 
train on the rise in prices. No, blame Henry Kissinger, blame George Soros, blame the global satanic crime syndicate, blame Fauci, blame Gates, blame the shape-shifting reptilian that refers to itself as Biden, blame the Antichrist, his name is Obama. nothing to do with Russia. <sighs> Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. All right, now I'm going to go ahead and read an email that came into my inbox this morning from a brother in Christ on behalf of his family, which appeared, I'm, you know, I'm assuming that the people that he put the names thereof at the bottom of the email are his family. And this is from a person that appears to be of the name of Jose. I will not say his last name for privacy purposes. Now, whether or not this person is from Panama or is an expat that is uh, retired down there with his family, I don't know any of these things. Um, it's It's not really even relevant, but I will read this to you, okay? And it was entitled in the subject line, Panama in Chaos, sent 21 hours ago. July 14th at 10.37 p.m. was when I received it. Hello, Brother John. I hope and pray that you are blessed. I want to let you know what's going on here in Panama right now. Bonnie did not do much. That's a storm name, by the way. Storm Bonnie did not do much here, but give us a lot of rain. Praise God. Please pray for the situation here in Panama. The whole country is shutting down in protest. Now, capture this in your heart. The whole country is shutting down in protest over the high cost of fuel. Now, remember, in Babylon the Great, when, when the Antifa riots and things were happening at the worst, the worst that it has ever happened, ever, in the history of this country, there was no shutdown anywhere. I mean, there were some, you know, like... Certain cities like, you know, Seattle that had some pretty major pockets of problems, but they were pockets. They were just small areas of the city, city parts of Portland, but they were small areas. The rest of the people that resided there were having, you know, happy-go-lucky times, going and getting, you know, living life, taking little Johnny to soccer practice. And everything was normal. The only way they were able to see the civil unrest was to watch the TV. This is different here, what I'm reading to you. The whole country is shutting down in protest over the high cost of fuel, food, and medications. They are mad at our corrupt government. By the way, please, again, remember in your heart that this being mad at the corrupt government dynamic is a microcosm thing. It's a uh, myopic the people are always going to be upset about that which affects them directly, their families directly, and they're going to blame their local governments directly. They're not going to see this through the eyes of the kingdom of God. They're not going to see this through the Bible. They're not going to see this through the World Economic Forum. They're not going to see this as an agenda of Fauci and Gates and all these other entities. They're not going to see it that way. They're going to see it as their president, their leaders are the problem because that's how humans are on their little 50-mile radius. Does that change it any? Not necessarily. Now, if they were prayer warriors, it would be unfortunate because a prayer warrior, to pray effectively, needs to understand the root cause of what is going on so they can direct their power and their authority through the name of Jesus at the problem. 
Otherwise, they have to depend on Romans 8.26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself takes inter- makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. But that is not as effective as when you know precisely what it is you are praying for. The effective, fervent prayers of a righteous man avails much. Hallelujah. James 5.16b. Now, let's go on. It says, there isn't any food, or I'm sorry, there isn't um, any uh, at the pumps, so any gas. Food is almost gone, and the propane tanks that people use to cook are almost gone. Also, medications, and soon the water supply will stop, as with the electricity, because these people in protest have all the main streets closed and the delivery trucks can't get through. Neither can the ambulances either. When I had a bit of money before I bought four tanks of propane gas for cooking, I got my car fixed, but it is still bad, and now I can't get to the mechanic because of the roadblocks. We have some food, but I need to get to the supermarket to try and get more before it's all gone, and who knows when they will restock the shelves. Of course, with the blockade, the blockades on the streets and the trucking system and everything, who's to say it's ever going to restock? He goes on, he says, I have, I had prepped, but most of it we had had to use in the past. Think about that. So for those of you who are sitting on, you know, 12 or 15 or whatever more, five-gallon containers of rice, beans, lentils, things like that, that would be great emergency food stores, how long is it going to last? I, he says, I had prepped, but most of it um, we had used in the past. I was helped by a Christian brother here to be able to have some blood work done and go to see the doctor. I'm still having strange pain and weird ills uh, um, uh, uh, everywhere, and I am praying that the Lord will heal me of whatever it may be, and I rebuke every spirit of sickness in the name of Jesus. Uh, Michaela and Haley, which are possibly his wife and daughter, but I don't know, uh, are well. Everyone here is on strike. Doctors are on strike. Nurses are on strike. Teachers are on strike. Bus drivers are on strike. My chickens stopped laying eggs, so I am praying they will start again. So all you people out there got free-range roving chickens, and you think you're all hunky-dory. What you think is going on with the chickens stop laying? Hmm? Is that going to happen to you? Buckle up. He goes on to say, tomorrow I am going to see if I can buy extra food for the chickens before the feed stores run out. It is really a mess here. People are losing their minds, and I completely believe it is because of the vax. He believes it's the vaccine that's contributing to this, and that actually makes a lot of sense. Because we know it has severe negative neurological effects and don't even, boy, oh boy, I mean, you just don't have enough paper and enough ink to write all of the uh, physiological effects. um, Jose goes on to say, wow, I can see Christ coming very soon, almost around the corner. Now, I will tell you, folks, as sad as this is, the more agony that we're going through at any given time, the more we are going to believe that Jesus is coming any second. And that's by design. God wants us to feel that way. We're going to have to endure. It could be a while. But the more you hurt, 
in your heart, the more agony that you're going through, the more tribulation, the more ugly, and I do mean ugly, that you are going through on this earth, the more I can't even think of the word. There isn't a word. I can't, I, I'm sorry. I don't have the word. The more you are going to agonizingly cry out and hunger and thirst for the coming of Jesus. But it doesn't mean he's coming any faster. That's the scary part. And that's where we all have to bind ourselves together through prayer for one another as the days grow darker. Praise God. All right. He goes on. He says, I have planted some food, but with all the heavy rains, it's been rough. I also have to try and buy seeds and plant later later on. Everything here is disappearing so fast. So he's talking about all the supplies that are necessary to even be able to grow food. All right. He goes on to say, please keep us in your prayers. I am trying hard to remain in the faith. Which, of course, it becomes, you know, when you're drowning and the waves are hitting you and you're in five-foot seas and you're swallowing, uh, you know, uh, salt water and gagging and unable to grab your breath, you know, yeah, your faith can get shaken. Even Jesus, hanging from the cross, said, you know, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? goes on to say, they also lifted the mask mandates here with the exception of hospitals and buses. Almost 99% of Panamanians still wear one or two face masks here. Some even wear face shields. So much ignorance to what is really going on. I hope you and your family are blessed and that you remain in the faith as we continue to endure through these things, these wicked and uncertain times. The beast system is in place, and very soon uh, we will all come together. Sadly, many Christians have already given themselves to the, uh, to, you know, to the beast out of self-preservation, lust, and desires of the flesh, accepted to be part of the world, etc. We must hold fast to our faith and relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah. I pray for you and my brothers and sisters in the world, we need to stand strong through the roughest and toughest of trials. Uh, he says the toughest of trials. God bless you always. Your brother in Christ, Jose, Michaela, and Haley. Praise God. And I wanted to share that with you, and I'll probably read that on the forthcoming Sunday night program as well, because I, I think it's I don't think I can quantify how vitally important it is that we as believers that are on the cutting edge of what's happening in the world for the biblical end times timeline that we are in the midst of. I cannot articulate and quantify how vitally important it is that we are intimately aware of these dynamics as they progress. Train is heading directly at all of us. And it will hit your, it will be in your life, front and center, soon enough, no matter where you are. Even those inside of Rome, even those inside of, uh, you know, Babylon, it's coming. And it's coming horrifically. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I wanted to share that with you tonight to set the tone to establish your heart in the realm of understanding supernaturally the importance of your calling. You might say, well, gee, I don't feel like I'm walking in my calling. You know, I'm just kind of hanging out here in my little apartment on the, on 5th and Main Street in Missoula, Montana. You know, I, no, you're missing the point. As a royal priesthood and part of Jesus' holy nation of God, Our greatest calling is our prayers. I submit to you that your prayers, when prayed from the heart, 
in tears before the throne of God are a greater and more significant and important ministry work than any pastor of any church standing on a street corner with a megaphone anywhere. And I have plenty of testimonial evidence to prove that, but I'm not going to get into that right now, praise God. I don't think we realize, I am certain that most Christians do not realize, 99% of them do not realize how crucial our prayers are and always have been, but especially now, and how much power even the least of us if you know and praise god because last will be first and the first will be last amen but if the last that would be first is doing nothing but staring at the tv going to work and there we're not spending the time that we ought to be in prayer then we're missing we're technically backslidden as far as our father is concerned for we should know better than that by now especially by now. Praise his name. So I wanted to share that with you. Glory to God, because it is so very, very important for all of us to know for a multitude of reasons. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jose, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we lift up the people of Panama. We lift up Brother Jose, Michaela, uh, uh, Haley, in the name of Jesus, and we pray for them. Father, we declare your blood and plead it upon the body of Jose and all of that family that all healing will uh, just, you know, that they will be thou made whole in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. For silver and gold we definitely do not have, and we praise you and thank you for your power. We praise you and thank you for your endowment of 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 of, of just glory and authority uh, coming down from the heavens. We call down the presence of angels. We call down the presence of your, uh, of your uh, uh, peace on their hearts and provision in their homes and making a way. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will open doors that need to be opened and slam shut doors that need to be slammed shut and cause miracles to happen in their life as they are dealing with these things. We pray this on behalf of not only Jose and his family, but we also pray this in the name of Jesus on behalf of Everyone, every one of our brothers and sisters across the world, the dozens and dozens and dozens of countries that are experiencing things that are just as horrific as the, as the things that Jose is experiencing with his family. We pray in the name of Jesus for your angels to be sent into their presence to open the doors, to provide the food, to provide the medical, to provide the things, the, 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 the avenues, Father, for provision. We pray that they are supernaturally in the mighty name of Jesus on behalf of all of our brothers and sisters that are experiencing these things in Jesus' name. And, Father, we also ask you that the unbelievers that are marching in the streets, those who have no idea other than to blame their local government for, for their uh, you know, difficulties, Father, we pray in Jesus' name that angels will make manifest before them in dreams and visions of the night to reveal to them the glory and the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, like never before. We ask you these things. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.
Father, we pray that you will make us instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, help us to sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, help us to sow faith. Where there is despair, Father, help us to give hope. And where there is darkness, to show light. Where there is sadness and agony, to share joy. Holy Lord Jesus, grant it that we may not so much seek to be consoled as to console others, or to be understood as to understand, to be loved as much as to love. For it is in giving that we receive, and it is in pardoning that we are pardoned. But allow us to do all these things through the love that overflows our hearts, from the abundance of the love that you have shared with us, the abundance of the love that overflows within us, that it is not possible for us to walk past a neighbor, anyone for that matter, that is hurting and that we have been blessed that we might help. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you, Father. Hallelujah and amen. Praise you, Jesus, Father God, we thank you. Holy Lord Jesus, please cleanse and totally purify our hearts, our soul, our spirit, our mind, our flesh, our record-keeping books in heaven, and our robe and gown in heaven with your precious blood and your holy fire. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, for each and every one of us, Lord God, we pray for your holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, to encapsulate and encircle our homes, our dwelling places. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that that holy fire, launched down from the glory pillar in the throne room, will swirl through every 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 place, every part of our homes, every closet, every uh, throughout the garages, throughout the you know various places, Father God, in our backyards, all around us, uh, forming a perimeter. Let it swirl and blow white hot, scattering the darkness in all directions, shoring up and completely welding shut all portals, all demonic uh, contracts, assignments of any type, any spiritual weapons or, or earthly weapons, any fiery darts that would be attempted to be launched against us. We pray in the name of Jesus and we declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that any entity of the darkness, worker of Satan, live or dead human spirit, member of a witch coven, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, that at the very moment that they set their wills against us, that they be immediately struck by the holy fire of God and burned into screaming agony, making a public spectacle of them thereof, across all of the demonic ether in Jesus' name and in accordance with Colossians 2.15, we bind it before the courts of heaven in Jesus' name against these entities that they shall scatter in all directions in fear and horror in jesus name we pray that the white hot napalm like sticky holy fire of god will stick to their the, these entities strange flesh and will put horror in the in the uh the, in, in 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 the very energies that make up these entities throughout the spiritual realm in jesus name we pray hallelujah father we also pray for that holy fire to swirl throughout all the realms 
that might influence or touch us in any way indirectly. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus for warrior angels, huge, powerful, mighty warrior angels to stand guard at the very uh, uh, entryways the dwelling, uh, of our dwelling places to follow us wherever we go. We pray for your holy fire to encircle and encapsulate us in our vehicles wherever we enter, Father God. We pray for your holy fire to, to form a, uh, a type of a fire tornado and, and, and encapsulate our prayers as they move through the spiritual realm and melt the firmament of the rock, scattering the darkness and the demons in all directions to run for their very existence in Jesus' name, horrifically in all directions, scattering it in all directions in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we pray in Jesus' name for the dispatch and the assignment of a platoon of search and destroy SEAL Team 7 angels in Jesus' name on our behalf, Father, to go out to ferret and to to, uh, enter into the earthly realm and to ferret out to hunt down any attacks against us indirect as they may be, uh, attacks against our loved ones, attacks against our family, attacks against our abilities to be able to provide for our families, attacks of any type. We pray in the name of Jesus, they will pave a pathway of safety for us, that they will pave a pathway of provision for us, that they will hunt down any darkness, any attempt to come against us or our loved ones, that your will be done, and that they will shore up all the portals, that they will wipe out any uh, attempts, Father God, for the, ki- the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. Like the rivers of water, Father, you turn it wherever you wish, Proverbs 21.1. And we pray in the name of Jesus that this is made manifest. Your word will not come back of null and void. We know that you are our Father. We know that you love us, and we praise you without even seeing the evidence of these miracles as they are occurring in our lives even now. We give you all the praise, honor, worship, and glory, both now and forever and ever. Alleluia. And amen. We exercise the rule of the victor over all demonic regions that have set their wills against us. We exercise the rule of the victor, the Lord Jesus Christ, over any entities, over any demonic regions, principalities that have permitted these spirits in or through their territory for any reason to come against us or our loved ones. We command that they be immediately cut off from ever receiving power from the kingdom of darkness again. We require the immediate disbursement of all of their funds from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We require the immediate destruction of all of their books and artifacts of sorcery, and we require the immediate reversal of all their schemes and cancellation of all their assignments against us. Penalties applied into the pit. We declare the fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare the fire of God to permeate the pit and to burn them in the screaming agony, and we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit for only the Lamb of God can break the seals hallelujah we thank you Jesus Cry out, and the Lord hears. 
such as have a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He gathers Father, we consecrate ourselves into your complete ownership, Lord Jesus, into your hands. 
we renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against us. We declare your abundant grace, Father, the living water and the crystal rivers down into our hearts to fertilize the soil therein. We plead the blood of Jesus upon us to heal us and to cleanse us with your purity. We declare that no weapons raised against us, earthly or spiritual, shall even exist where they shall be vaporized by the fire of God. We rebuke the devil and the demons. They must flee. We declare the fire of God, the Zechariah 2.5, holy fire of God to drop down on them like napalm and burn them in the screaming agony. We cancel all demonic assignments against us in the name of Jesus. We break all yokes of bondage and all curses placed against us in the name of Jesus. We declare the holy fire, authority, hedge of protection around about us on all sides, Job 1.9, and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot, punching through the spiritual realm into the throne room of God and uniting with the glory pillar before thee, Father God, in Jesus' name, before you and the four and twenty elders. Hallelujah. Father, we abandon ourselves into your hands. Do with us whatever you will. Whatever you do, we praise your name. As Job said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Father, we are ready for all. We pray if we are not in our hearts, ready for all, that you will make us ready supernaturally by an anointing. Let your will be done in us and all of us. We wish no more than this, Father. Into your hands we commit our souls and spirits. We offer it to you with all the love of our heart. We pray that you will overflow us with love for you, with love for you, Jesus, that that overflowing will just run over and anoint and touch all of those around us, opening up opportunities for us to stand on holy ground and touch them so that they too may join us in glory. We love you, Father. We need to give ourselves to you. We need to be in your presence, especially now more than ever before, although we should have desired it even years early, years earlier. And without reserve and boundless confidence, Father, we commit ourselves into your trust. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Hallelujah and amen. Praise you, Jesus. And what I wanted to do last time but didn't get to are the courts of heaven scriptures. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. First Peter 2, 9. Love it. Can't stop loving it. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. This this is current. This is not future. We currently are a royal priesthood. Therefore, we have the power, the authority, and the mission of a royal priesthood. So it's important that we understand what the royal priesthood did during the Levitical priesthood uh, periods of, you know, in the Old Testament, et cetera, because that is only the baseline of the authority and power that we have as a royal priesthood in Christ. That's astonishing and very important for us to understand. We are a holy nation. We are his, Jesus' own special people, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy but now have. Ezekiel 22.30. This underscores how when we're praying, it underscores the dynamics associated with our prayers Some people pray for an individual, great. Some people pray for their pet, great. Some people pray for 
provisions for their household. Fantastic. Some people pray for other saints. Wonderful. Hallelujah. There's no limit to what we can pray for. But this, I believe in my heart, Ezekiel 2230 may very well be the biggest opportunity that we have been presented as a royal priesthood. If I didn't believe that this was the biggest, bar none, the biggest opportunity for prayer that we have been given as a royal priesthood of Jesus Christ, I wouldn't even mention it. And I certainly wouldn't practice it all continuously throughout the week myself, which I do. Ezekiel 22.30, our father said, So I sought for a man amongst them who would make a wall and stand in a gap before me, the father, in the courts of heaven, on behalf of the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found no one. So important to understand, to embrace, to envision, the, to, 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 to come to the, the uh, epitome of understanding of this scripture, that it's talking about a believer standing before God in the throne room, praying on behalf of the land. Now, is it because God wanted whoever he was asking for, the, the man to stand in the gap? It was because, do you think it was because he wanted the, the trees to grow more green or the figs to, to, to grow in the fig tree? Why, why, was he be, why on behalf of the land? Because it's praying on behalf of the people of the land. The people that are there. That's why it's, I believe in my heart, that it's vitally important that we elevate, elevate our prayers on behalf of the lands across all of this entire planet. This planet has over 8 billion people on it, and there's a lot of people that need to be prayed for. And if we're praying only for our town, only for our church, only for our kid, you know, Frankie or whatever the case is, we're missing the opportunity, the greatest opportunity to serve God through our prayer and the calling down of angels, heaven's power, heaven's resources to do amazing supernatural things on behalf of the kingdom of God and the people which Jesus died for. Hallelujah. All right, next one is Matthew 18, 18. Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. These are legal terms. These are court terms, courts of heaven. Hallelujah. Okay, you've heard of a binding contract. That's what this is talking about. Have you ever heard of loosing a clause in a contract? That would mean that that clause is rendered no longer valid. What is a clause? It's a statement. It's a requirement. A clause would be something like in a – I don't like to use this as an example because I think it's an ungodly example in a sense. But if you were were in some sort of a binding – I'll I'll flip it around and make it godlier. Um, I was going to talk about a prenup. But better than that, I'll talk about an agreement that you might have as a business agreement. And as part of that business agreement, it says that uh, when the two businesses separate, business A will take control of all of the vehicles. That would be a clause of the contract. If you lose the clause of that contract, no longer does business A get to take possession of all of the vehicles. And then they would, it would be in dispute by the courts, and the judges would have to decide who gets the vehicles. They'd probably split them up evenly. But it's important to understand that what you, when you, what, you know, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. These are legal terms. 
These are occurring in real time. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. The problem is we don't realize that even whether, even if we don't know it, we're still operating in the courts of heaven. Praise God. John twenty twenty three. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Boy, do theologians make up all kinds of funky stories about what that's supposed to mean instead of taking it for its literal meaning. It's no longer we who lives, live, but Christ who lives in us. Amen? But we need to have the compassion. And then, through the love and the power of the Godhead in Jesus in us, we have incredible authority. When we pray for... I, I, hey, listen, if I slip into sin or I go through a period of depression, I am not shy about reaching out to fellow believers and saying, please, ask the Father to forgive me of my sins. I want as many fellow saints praying for me as possible. Yes, I can just repent of those sins and confess of those sins before the Father, but I want all the prayer power I can get. I think we all should want all the prayer power that we can get. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. When Paul said, when Paul said that I turn, turn one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, he was doing it out of love. Turn such a one over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. He was basically, he had tried everything he could to reach that person. That person was unreachable in the flesh, so he turned them over to the devil so that they could be, their flesh could be destroyed. They, so what does that mean? What it means is Paul was basically turning them over to the devil so that they would develop some kind of a deadly disease, end up in some sort of a bed, ridden state, on their deathbed, knowing that they would confess of their sins and seek God in their desperacy and ultimately be saved. It actually says that amidst those scriptures. That's what Paul was doing. He was saving their souls because they were not reachable in the flesh. They were too full of themselves. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And then, of course, Isaiah forty-three twenty-five. I, our Father says, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. I will remember your sins. Keep me in remembrance. Let us contend together. State your case. Whoa. What, what's a case? That you may be acquitted. Your first father sinned, and your mediators, your lawyers, have transgressed against me. That's what it says. Courts of heaven. I don't know about you, but I don't want my father to remember my sins. <laughs> so I am practicing this scripture continuously throughout every week. Praise God. And not enough. I need to do it more. I need to step it up. We all do. Praise God. Hebrews 8, 6. But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also the lawyer of a better covenant. A better covenant. What is a covenant? It is an eternal contract. A contract that doesn't have a clause in it that puts a termination point on the contract. Most contracts actually have a statement, a clause within them that says that this is valid until the date 20, you know, J July the 5th of 2025. But when it's a better covenant, which was established on better promises, then it has no termination date. A covenant is eternal. 
Praise God. Zechariah 3, 1 through 7. <clears throat> and this is Zechariah. He's actually seeing this happening before his eyes. Kind of like John the Revelator when he was looking up and seeing all the things in Revelation happening before his eyes. Well, Zechariah was seeing these things happening before his eyes. In Zechariah 3, verse 1, it says, Then, then he showed me Joshua, the high priest. So remember, there's a whole hierarchy of priesthood. The high priest is as high as you get. You would assume that this one, that the high priest would be as holy and righteous as is possible, which on the earth is not as much as we might think, which is proven by what Zechariah saw here. He says that he showed him Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to oppose him. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord, is, the Lord who hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. It is, is this not a brand plucked from the fire? So our father is rebuking Satan, saying, lay off him. I have chosen him. I have chosen Jerusalem. I've pulled him from the fire. Leave him alone. Verse 3, now Joshua was clothed in filthy garments and was standing before the angel. And then he, our father, answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away those filthy garments from him. And to, and to him, our father said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head, our father said. That was our father again. Let him put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head. They put clean clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. And then the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, if you will keep my command, then I shall also, then you shall also judge my house and likewise have charge over my courts. And I will give you places to walk amongst these who stand here. Wow. This isn't just about, this is like being an officer of the courts. This is pretty heavy. This is huge. Why does it say, look, it says in Zechariah 2.5. Now, now, again, it says that we are kings and priests. I'm going to get to those scriptures in a second. Zechariah 2.5. For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Holy fire. Also, when the uh, two witnesses, which are the Jews, are, or the, uh, if you will, Messianic Jews, which is a misnomer, and, you know, the, you know, the, the olive tree and the lampstand, those are metaphors for uh, the, uh, you know, the Israelites that were saved in Christ, as well as those uh, who are Gentiles that were saved in Christ, uh, which would be um, uh, represented by the metaphor of the um, lampstands. Uh, okay, so you got the olive tree, you got the lampstands, the Christians, the Jews uh, that are one in Christ. Okay, that's those are your two witnesses, and then they shoot fire out of their mouth for three and a half years. What kind of fire is that? It's holy fire. It's the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and calling down the most powerful weapon in all of the universes against the adversary in the name of Jesus, which is the holy fire of God. Thank you, Jesus. Job 1. 
verses 9 through 10. So Satan answered to the Lord, answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for nothing? You remember that our Heavenly Father said to Satan, Well, you know, you can test my uh, servant Job if you want. And Satan's beside himself. He can't believe it. And he says to the Lord, he says, Does Job fear God for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? On every side. That's why we pray the holy fire of God on all sides to encapsulate us, to surround us on every side. Galatians 2.20, I've been crucified in Christ and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Yeah, I don't know. I feel alive. When I pinch myself, it kind of hurts. But Christ, Jesus, is overflowing in us. We want more of that. Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's pretty powerful. Revelation 1, 5 through 6. To him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priest to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search out a matter. Revelation 5, 9 through 10. And have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, and have made us kings and priests to our Father God. And we shall reign on the earth. And we'll be reigning on a lot more places than just the earth. We'll be reigning over all of creation with Jesus. If we, providing that we are chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. And if we are chosen to be part of the ruling class, the bride over all of eternity, that'll be much more than just planet earth. Much more. Hebrews 12.22, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of God, the city of the living God. City of God, where's that at? It's in heaven. It's up on Mount Zion. And surrounding it are just as far as the eye can see, mansions, big gigantic mansions, some up on the on various hillsides, some down in valleys. As further out you go, you get to the smaller ones, the Thomas Kincaid dwellings and the glorious and the beautiful flowers and the animals everywhere and just the glory of God, just amazing, amazing. But sadly, the further out you go, the you know, the more you get into the outer darkness, the smaller the dwelling places become for the disobedient Christians. It isn't that God sends them all to hell, but they don't have the rewards that many of us might have. Praise God. You have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. Well, obviously, if it's the heavenly Jerusalem, it's not the one here on planet Earth. It says, to an innumerable company of angels. Wow. To the general assembly type of a Congress, to the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, just all of the people on earth, or would that be the God of gods, Zabael, which is what the Bible says. Where are all of those gods? 
Where are they? Are they all hanging out in planet heaven? Nope. They're all over. There's trillions of life forms, trillions of civilizations, trillions of galaxies, trillions of realms. We don't have any idea. We can't even put our arms around it. If God sat, sat before us with the 4 and 20 elders around the campfire and tried to explain to us the, the magnitude of his glory and how big his creation is, how big his kingdom is, we would be just sitting there and it would just be flying right over our head like a 747 because there's no way we could comprehend it. The church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator, the lawyer, the advocate of the new covenant, to the blood and the sprinkling of that speaks better things than that of Abel. Hallelujah. Praise God. And this, by the way, is echoed not only here where I'm about to read it, but also in Daniel 9.25. I, I was amazed to spot, and I continue to spot, more and more places where the patriarchs of God in the Old Testament confess of the sins of the people of Israel on their behalf. Now, by the way, that is something that a royal priest would do. The royal priests would sacrifice animals and such in the in the um, uh, you know in the temple courts, okay. And 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 you know what were they doing that for? For the absolution of sins of the people of the lands of Israel. That's how they would absolve absolve their sins. Okay, so here's Nehemiah, I imagine, standing on a hill outside of Israel, and he's praying to God in the first chapter of Nehemiah, and he says, Your covenant and mercy with those whom you love, you uh, who love you and observe your commandments, please let your ear be attentive and your eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before you, before you now day and night, for the children of Israel, your servants, and I confess of the sins of the children of Israel. And we have we have sinned against you, both my father's house and I have sinned. We, all the peoples of Israel who have, of whom he is praying for, we have acted very corruptly against you and have not kept the commandments, the statutes, nor the ordinances of which you commanded your uh, that which you've commanded your servant Moses. How can Nehemiah confess of the sins of other people? How can Daniel do it in Daniel 9.25? Things that you will, this this all just falls into the endless, ever-increasing list of things that you will never learn in church. And it all has to do with the authority that Jesus gave us through him. We are Jesus. It's just so hard for us to grasp. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Father God. We thank you for the opportunity to come before your courts of heaven. We pray, Father God, that you will purify us, that Titus 1.15 will become us, for, for the, because to the pure, all things are pure, and we want to be that pure, but we can only do that by your grace, your anointing, and Jesus, your blood. We praise you and thank you, Father, for you alone are worthy. For you alone are worthy. Thank you, Lord. For he who dwells in a secret place of the Most High dwells, 
dwells in the secret place of the Most High. In our prayers, in our praise. Once again, I had a, I was stressing, rolling around in bed, giving you the short version. Just this whole week has just been a super duper high stress week. On the job, I. I'm trying to think about how to articulate this that it would make sense. Um, It is the job of the project managers and the consultants to drive the client to adhere to the schedule to get the project done. When the client doesn't respond and goes dark on you and you can't get them to meet the scheduled requirements, it becomes a very significant problem for the company because they project their revenues and those revenues are not realized until you plug that data into your timesheet. That's as simple as that. When your client is supposed to schedule work to be done and have his personnel participate in that project and he's a no-show, that gets you in trouble. Your leadership is now angry with you because you have promised to deliver X number of billable hours, but you can't because the client didn't show up. But it was your job to drive, with the help of the project manager, to drive that client, to call them up, to bug them, bug them, bug them, bug them, bug them, please. Let's go ahead and get this moving forward. Go ahead and get the people assigned. We need to have these interviews. We need to move this forward. And I needed to get this stuff moving forward, but nothing that we were doing was getting this client off of their kazoo. They were sitting there, and they were not responding. And it was putting me in danger. It was putting me in jeopardy. It was putting me in a place where even on the reports, it would trickle up to the VPs, and they would say, what's going on with this guy? What is he doing, playing pinochle during the day? He needs to be billing this client. But I had no control over the situation, so I prayed. Now, I, would, I always pray over every single job that I have, but this one wasn't – I couldn't it, – it was a complete blowout. I was in trouble. I knew I was in trouble, and I had to make a decision, and, I, and that decision was twofold. Either I pull out of that project, go to my leadership and say, assign me to another project, the, the client is not responding, or I believe – that the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be made manifest and this client will awaken by a miracle and start scheduling the things that need to be scheduled. By the way, I even had the bill against the client, okay, in order to be able to stay on the client. I could not not bill. If I left my, my timesheet blank and I didn't bill against the client, then that would have raised Cain against me and they would have dropped, you know, they would have said, well, we're pulling you off that project. I'm telling you the ramifications and the waterfall effect of agony and pain and misery and meetings and all the ugly that occurs when that happens is just unspeakable. You can't even quantify it. It is a pain on a grandiose scale. So then I prayed and prayed and prayed. But you know what? No matter what I did, the client would not respond. No matter what I did, the client would not respond. And I had to make a choice. Either I stand on the promise of the Holy Bible, and I believe... In fact, I know in my heart that God is going to come through and this client is going to wake up out of their coma and they're going to schedule this, going to move forward. And that's what I chose to do. Believe. And by a miracle, 
And believe me, folks, it was a miracle. But I praised Jesus every single day. I was like, multiple times a day, multiple times a day, probably six, seven, eight, nine, ten times a day. I would just pause in whatever I was doing. I have this little stone. It's called a gratitude stone. It just reminds me to give praise to Jesus. And I would pick it up during the day, totally ad hoc, not unplanned. There was no timers, nothing. It was just like, I just, woof, and I grabbed this and I say, Father, I praise you, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you for moving this thing forward. I believe with all of my heart. I know that you're not going to let me down. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. And boy, let me tell you, I was... I was praising Jesus with absolutely no sign of life at all. None. The logical human thing to do, the thing that had proposed, uh, the lowest risk choice I could have made, the one that would have endangered my job the least, would have been for me to, to fold my hand, surrender, wave a white, white flag, Tell the project manager I'm stepping out of the project. Go to my boss and say, please assign me to another one. We'd have to have multiple meetings with the client and say, sorry, but you know, you didn't respond. We've got to move you back to sometime in October or whatever. Client's not going to be happy. They're spending a quadrillion dollars. Who knows how much? It just causes – it's just a ripple of ugly. But that would have been the safest thing for me to do. But instead, I chose to believe God, and I did. And I stood by it, and I praised him all throughout the day, and I said, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord, because I know that you're going to come through. I know that we're going to get these interviews scheduled. I know that we're going to be back on, on the timetable, and everything is going to be just fine. And, and praise your name. because And boy, did I know I was going to be in a lot of trouble if this client didn't wake up. And by a miracle. Thank you, Jesus. I kept on praising you. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I praise you because I know that you're good. You don't lie, Father God. You are not a man that you should lie. I have the scriptures in my possession. I am holding them up before you. I know that you are going to do this because you are our Father God. Hallelujah. And then came the email. Out of the abyss of silence, the client wakes up and sends the interview schedule, which are all going to get scheduled over this weekend by the project manager, and we'll be back on schedule, on track. No ugly meetings, no angry salespeople, no upset clients, no none of that. All avoided because Jesus is God. Thank you, Father. And if I would have given up, I wouldn't have realized. I would not have made manifest before me that miracle. I would not have experienced that miracle. And believe me, it was a miracle. There isn't, I don't think there's another person in my 200-person practice group that would have made that choice. It was by Far, bar none, the riskiest and most dangerous choice to make of all. And I decided I was going to trust Jesus. And he came through. Praise God. If I would have hemmed and hawed and, oh, I don't know, and Lord, why aren't you answering me, and boo-hoo-hoo, and tested God again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel, Psalm seventy-eight forty-one. The Israelites, we can't be like that. We got to believe, we got to know. Know it. Know you're going to receive. And praise God with all of your heart that you are going to receive because you are going to receive. Thank you, Jesus. And know it beyond any shadow of a doubt. No matter how 
delayed, how long it drags out, that's all part of how it works. Our Father is a last-minute God because every single one of our requests that we raise up before his throne room is a type of a test. He wants to see your faith made manifest in your praise to him. And praise builds power. It builds power. I even imagine, I believe this with all of my heart. Now, I can't prove it scripturally. I can't. But I believe that as we praise, if we were able to see all the light, all the different um, wavelengths of light, the aura of power around us as we praise, I honestly believe the more that we praise, the greater that light aura of power of the Godhead builds around us. I believe that. I believe it merges with the Godhead. I believe it transcends the spiritual realm where the demonic entities hang out, hungrily wishing to be able to destroy and hinder your prayers. But they can't stop praise. In fact, praise scatters the darkness in all directions. It amplifies the power. It amplifies. It brings the walls of Jericho down. It breaks open the the jail cells. It miraculously causes rocks to fall down the sides of mountains. It is unbelievable. But the problem is we fail to, to, to follow through. We give up because we're in the flesh. We don't really believe. If we really believed, then we would just push through and praise through. Here's my testimony. Happened this week. I, I'm loving it. <laughs> you know, I, I just, you know, it's so cool. And I have to share that with you because it's happening to me more and more. It really is. I, I could give you a big old list, but I don't want to dominate the program with, with, you know, testimony after testimony after testimony after testimony. But I, and I, and sometimes I keep track. Sometimes I actually record these things. I have a you know, a big, big old booklet of uh, answered prayers, but I'm, I'm telling you some of the most unbelievably hard, difficult times that I've ever gone through, the things that I could not, I couldn't get a breakthrough. I, so many, I mean, just lists, lists and lists and lists of requests that I've been sending up to the throne room, problems in my life, challenges, uh, things that were very adversely affecting my walk with the Lord, all kinds. I mean, the list was unbelievable. It was both employer-related, it was job-related, it was home-related, it was everything-related. Every part of my life, every aspect of my life was filled with some sort of a request that wasn't being answered by God. But I wouldn't lose faith. And I just, and, and once I broke through, once I realized that I was being tested, once I realized that I had to prove to God that I believed and I knew that I knew that I knew that I was going to receive and praise him and praise him and praise him no matter how high the risk, no matter how much it might cause me to lose my job, no matter how much trouble I might get in by senior directors and vice presidents, it didn't matter. I believed God. I knew that God was going to come through and I praised him and I praised him and I praised him and, and it was against all odds. It really, really was. I had senior managers contacting me directly and going, what are you going to do about this client? You really shouldn't be sitting on this. You need to make a choice. Now, of course, I couldn't say to them, (laughs) I'm believing in Jesus. (laughs) That wouldn't have uh, looked really well. uh, That wouldn't have bode well with human resources. Let's just leave it at that. But between me and the Lord, I chose the Lord. Praise God. 
And I had to share that because that's just one example of so many. It's the secret sauce. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. It's the secret sauce. It's the, uh, it's the, um, the thing that I didn't know and the Lord revealed to me over the last three years very slowly because I just couldn't understand why. I knew the spiritual warfare prayers were working. I could see the results. I, I knew that everything else, there, there was all kinds of stuff that was working, all kinds of progress that was being made, but there, were still, there was still a gap there were still things that I was struggling with. And I couldn't overcome them. I couldn't win. I couldn't receive the answer to my prayers. I couldn't get the victory in certain areas, certain specific areas. And I was what, what am I doing differently in these areas than what I was doing over here. How come over here I had the prayers answered? How come over here the spiritual warfare prayers worked beautifully? How come over here and during when I was going through this time and that time and this time and that time and, and, and going through this, uh, this experience and that experience and I needed this to be answered in prayer, how come all those prayers were answered? What happened to these, this one and this one? Why aren't they being answered? And it all changed when I remembered. I should have remembered. I've written articles about it 10 years ago. I've experienced the miracles before in my walk. But something uh, throughout the walk and throughout the trials and tribulations and the things that I've had to go through over the last several years, and which were very traumatic, PTSD type stuff, you know, you know people trying to kill me and things like that. The, you know, the, the, these are through that experience experience of ugly that I had to go through, that journey, that valley through the shadow of death, that all that stuff that I had to go through taught me so much, so much. But it also, I had to relearn. I had to be reminded somehow. I don't know how. Maybe it was the Holy Spirit. Maybe it was Father. Maybe it was just, you know, my own flesh. Maybe it was a combination of all of the above. But at some point, I said to myself, wait a minute. I'm spending more time feeling sorry for myself because I'm not able to overcome these things because I'm having problems with these things. You know, thinking of 10,000 reasons why I am unworthy, feeling bad, crying, sobbing, all these other things that I shouldn't have been doing. When I changed that and started to praise God, positive when i you know i, I had to train that was where i had to get over the hill you know that little train that choo-choo that could you know uh trying to get up to the top of the hill and get over it that was when everything changed when i went from i believe lord i'm carrying a laminated card with mark eleven twenty three on it lord jesus and by golly i'm holding it up to you and you promised me you promised me it is for me this promise is for me and i believe it but it wasn't until I praised, and I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, it wasn't superficial. That's the key. It wasn't out of contrived obedience. It wasn't because the Bible said I should do it. 
It was because I, I got over the hump. I got to the place where I, it was more than belief. I knew that if I, I, I knew that I, I and, and then I praised and I thanked him and I knew that I was going to get it. I knew that he was going to answer it and I praised him. And I also knew that if there was any reason, as unlikely as it may be, that God did not answer it if I praised through and believed and knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that our Father and our Lord, my, our Lord Jesus was going to answer that prayer because it needed to be answered in a particular period of time or I was going to be in very significant trouble. And in a comp- in, with companies laying off and wage freezes and reorganizations taking place and the S&P 500 21 points down and, and predicted to go down even another 15, which would put us in the 1933 depression state, with all that kind of stuff happening right now, these are risks that no sane person would take on their job. But I chose Jesus, and I praised him, and by golly, my testimony for this week is, hallelujah, praise you, Jesus, because that client woke out of a total coma, and we are back in business, back on schedule starting Monday next week, hallelujah. That, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> if you could have been in, inside of my brain, if you could have been inside of just even sitting beside me, looking at the calendar, watching the days tick by, Sending emails and communications to the project managers and to the, and the, sen- and the senior managers saying, what are we going to do? How are we going to push this? Do we need to call a you know, meeting with a client? And the whole time praising God, thanking Jesus, hallelujah, and then bam, nobody was getting a response. And then bam, in came the response out of nowhere. Praising Jesus, knowing that you're going to receive There is a big difference in praying and believing, which is borderline knowing, but not really knowing. Big difference. When you you get over that hill and you get to the point where you know you're going to receive it, you know it. All the chips are down. Your job is at stake. You might get fired. All these things are at stake, and you have to believe. You are believing. You know it. And you praise God from the bottom of your heart because you know that you know that he is going to come through. You know it. And you mean it. And it happened. And this is not the first time. This is about, since I've been going through the difficulties, the trials, tribulations, and really, really very difficult life-changing events that the Lord has had me go through since, um, you know, pretty much the beginning of 2018, I would say I've probably had about a half a dozen of these types of praise, praise through, praise to the bitter end, unshakable, absolutely positive, knowing beyond any, and praising, thanking him from just from the gut, from the bottom of your heart, in tears, so thankful. You are praising God for something you have no evidence whatsoever. None. You have every reason to believe that you are not going to receive it. But you just don't even think about it. You won't entertain it. And you just praise. And you praise. And you know. And you just know. Oh, don't get me wrong. (laughs) It's not that I didn't have a couple of occasions where, you know, 
a fiery dart or two slip through. <laughs> okay. But I would outspokenly, right in my office, I would say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Get out. Thank you, Jesus. I'd grab my little gratitude stone and I'd just go close my eyes and say, Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I praise your holy name. I know you're going to come through. Hallelujah. I praise you. I thank you. I'd be on my knees in the morning. I'd be in tears praying. Thank you, Father. Praise your name. While my flesh is pulling me as hard as it could, saying, you better contact your leadership and get off this project now or you're doomed. <laughs> I'm like completely rebuking it. Get away from me. Praising God, thanking Jesus. And sure enough, a miracle happened. A miracle happened. And it's not, like I said, it's about a half a dozen times. I've had something. This is relatively small compared to some of the things that I had to fight my way through. But each one of the major things that I've had to go through were conquered because I was convinced, positive. I knew beyond any shadow of a doubt. And I praised, praise, 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 praise. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Speak in tongues. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father God, for the healing of our brother Jose down in Panama. We thank you, Father God, for your touching of your children across this world in all the desperate situations that they find yourself. We praise you, Lord Jesus, for bringing us through the things that we're having to suffer through, the spouses and all of the issues and the separation of us from our families that we've been with all of our lives. We know that you are separating us for a holy and righteous reason. We praise you for all these problems that we're having to endure. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you, Father God, and to pray for the lands. Pray for the people of the lands. Father, in Jesus' name we pray that you will anoint us, lead us, guide us, inspire us, empower us, renew our energies, renew our faith. Help us, Father, in the name of Jesus, to serve you in a way that is far more stupendous and awesome than we could ever have imagined. And that was even written in our books before there was time. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, 
Lord, let me always walk in you and humble my heart. And humble my heart Humble my heart Humble my heart Lord, let me always trust in you And humble my heart God, that's awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And now, let's send her into communion. As your disciples were seated about you, at the eve of unleavened bread, you said I eagerly yearned for this supper, and that you suffer so his children could be fed. I can only imagine the silence in the room as you passed on the bread to be torn. They did not understand the reach of his plan. In his love, we were told. To rejoice, not to mourn. So we gather from memory the glory of the Lamb, the one who was slain for the seed of Abraham. As we long for your coming, we imagine the feast, the King and his bride. When our waiting has ceased, as you arose and went back up to heaven, Speak to the heavenly force. You lifted the cup of forgiveness. It was paid, it was done. You had power to call. And I can only imagine the thunder sound as all heaven exploded in tears. We were freed from our chains. 
Now all that remains is to never give in. We are destined to win. So we gather remembering the of our soul. Destroyer of death, the Lord of the all. The light in our arms, the edge of our sword. The King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. For we believe in a land All of creation Restored by his hand Eternity All is revealed By the time we remember all scars will be healed As we long for your coming We imagine the feast The Lord and his bride When our waiting has ceased special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light, who were once not a people, 
but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God roam in your hearts to which you were also called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. 1 Peter 2.9, Colossians 3.12, Philippians 4.8. He, Jesus, went a little further, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Matthew 26, 39. God was manifested in the flesh, incarnated into a human body, justified in the spirit, seen by the angels, preached amongst the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received in the glory. 1 Timothy 3, 16. We pray for purification based upon Psalm 51, 1 through 14. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray that you will have mercy. Boy, because we sure do need it. Have mercy on us, Father. In accordance with your incredible loving kindness and the multitude of your tender mercies. Please, Lord, blot out our transgressions. Do not remember our sin. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us. Because we acknowledge our transgressions. We, we admit it. We're never without sin. It's all around us. We sin even when we don't even know we sin. Father, against you and you only, we've sinned throughout our lives and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, Father, we were brought forth in iniquity and in sin our mothers conceived us. Behold, Father, you desire truth deep inside of us. And in the hidden part of us, that which we do not understand, out of your mercy you will make us to know wisdom. 
in accordance with the promise that you have given us in James 1.5. If anyone seeks wisdom, let them ask God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it shall be given them. Purge us, Father, with hyssop. Wash us, we will be whiter than snow. Help us to be full of joy and gladness that the trials, the tribulations, and the awful things that we're having to go through right now and probably in the future, that we will rejoice through them and praise you knowing that you will answer our prayers and protect us. Please, Father, hide your face from our sin. Blot out all of our iniquities. Create in us a clean heart. Continuously renew a steadfast spirit within us, never slipping in faith, always knowing that you'll come through. Recognizing, Father, that when we are down and out, depressed, and feel unworthy, it's because it's not a lack of faith in you, but lack of faith in ourselves. Father, restore to us the joy of your salvation, upholding us with your generous spirit and teaching. Teaching us, Father God, how through your anointing we can touch other people's lives and convert sinners to you. Deliver us, Father, please, in the name of Jesus, from all the guilt of our sin with righteous and godly sorrow. God of our salvation, that our tongues will sing aloud of your glory and your righteousness. We praise you. The Lord's Supper, Holy Communion. For I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. He broke it and gave thanks and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In that same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This. Do. As often as you drink it. In remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Ani, Vadodi, Vadodi Li. I am my beloved, and my beloved is mine.
that matters. You were born to shine for His King. To die, you lived in our place. You were seeking what was yours. And I know any place, anywhere that you've been, you were bound to live without sin, regardless of the cost. Yes, I know you were killed for all that we owe, for the sake of all. Eternity, you died for me. There was life wherever you touched. You were strong, you were kind, you were just. You were aiming for the goal. You were smiling, always strong and secure through your words, like a shepherd guiding his herd, giving shelter to the soul. Cause I know that your word holds power to grow. Through your spirit and serenity, it's eternal. You were hurt for my offense. You were sick for my disease. You were poor for my prosperity. You are strong when I am weak. I praise you, my Redeemer. I praise you, Majesty. You were left by God Almighty to always be with me. And I know I will never be alone.
and I know you will be wherever I go. If trouble rise and easily, you'll bear for me. And you know I will always follow you. To spread the word, to be a speaker of truth. I trust in you, in all that I do. Father, we come before your throne of grace, before the courts of heaven. We hold up before you, Father God, symbolically a golden cup. And we pray, Father, that the water in this golden cup, a cup of forgiveness, we pray that you will pour it out upon all of the lands of the Caribbean, upon all of the lands of Central America, and upon all of the lands of North America. Father, Forgive the peoples of those lands, for they know not what they do. Father, we pray that you will pour this out upon them, merciful Father, and forgive them of their sins. For as your servant Nehemiah did in chapter 1, verse 6, on behalf of all of Israel, and Daniel did in 9.25, we confess of the sins of the peoples of the lands of the Caribbean, Central America, North America, We confess of the sins of their first fathers and their father's fathers until before there was time. We break all yokes of bondage. We renounce all things spoken of in the darkness against them in the name of Jesus. All generational and bloodline curses throughout every branch of their family trees until before there was time in Jesus' name as a royal priesthood. Father, forgive them. We part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above the lands of North America, Central America, and the Caribbean. For safe passage for heaven's angels, heaven's resources, and heaven's power to flow freely upon the earth and into the spiritual realm in Jesus' name. Alleluia. We thank you, Father. Pour out your forgiveness, Father, upon all of the lands, upon all of the peoples, upon all of them, Father. Every man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue. In Jesus' name. For Father, we know that you sought for you sought for someone, you sought for a man to go forth, Father. You found no one. And we're here we are. Here are here are we, Father. 
send us. We praise your name and we thank you. Hallelujah. Principalities, powers, and strongholds, spiritual hosts of wickedness, and rulers of darkness in high places. In the spiritual realm above the lands of the Caribbean, Central America, and North America, we come against you in the name of Jesus and by the blood of the Lamb of God. We decree fire swords of cherubim to be shut down from the heavens and to cut you into pieces. We declare the fire of God to launch down from the glory pillar and to burn you into screaming agony. We plead in the name of Jesus before the courts of heaven for an innumerable company of angels of war to descend upon thee and cut you into pieces to wage war against you such as never been seen since before there was time. Hallelujah. Unclean spirits, deaf and dumb spirits, anything that cannot call Jesus Christ its Lord and Savior, binding or hindering the hearts and the minds of the lost peoples across all of the lands of the Caribbean, Central America, and North America, we come against you. Strong men, we command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come forth. Subordinate spirits, out now in the name of Jesus Christ, we command it. We declare in the name of Jesus an innumerable company of warrior angels to descend upon thee and to strike you deaf, blind, and dumb, place you under arrest, and cast you into the pit. We decree the holy fire of God to weld the pit shut. We declare that holy fire to permeate the pit and to burn the demons of darkness into screaming agony. And we plead the blood of Jesus to seal the pit, for only the Lamb of God can break the seals. We declare in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the holy fire, a thorny hedge of protection and a whirlwind of the Holy Spirit to blow it white hot and to encapsulate on all sides every single man, woman, and child of every nation, tribe, and tongue of the lands of the Caribbean, Central America, and North America. Hallelujah. Let nothing unclean reenter the clean-swept house in Jesus' name, even if put forth time. Father, we're looking for a breakthrough. We pray that the Holy Spirit and the whirlwind thereof will sustain it throughout the night in Jesus' name. Father, we plead with the courts of heaven and we declare in Jesus' name for your abundant grace, the living water, the crystal river, to fertilize the soil of their hearts that they shall receive the seeds of these prayers. These prayers will bear fruit and the fruit will remain in accordance with John 15:16 in Jesus' name. And Father, we decree in Jesus' name. Father, we plead with your courts for an innumerable company of angels of light and love, the presence of our Lord Jesus, his compassion to come upon them in dreams and visions deep, deep in the night and supernatural manifestations, standing visions of the day. Holy Lord Jesus, we pray that you will reach out and touch them and call them each by their own names in their native tongue. Let them see the man in the white robe and let them see the presence of the angels calling them forth, for they belong to you, Lord. Father, we know that we pray and that it is your will, for you would want not one to perish. We pray down the presence of an innumerable company of angels of light and love upon all of the peoples of these lands. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus, and we part the spiritual realm as the Red Sea above this entire planet, seeding evil all around us and all, everywhere we look, everywhere we look. It's getting worse and worse, and we praise you, Father, for it, for there is, there's no such thing as an atheist and a foxhole. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness. Isaiah 26, verse, hallelujah, thank you, Father, I believe it's six. 
I've got to go back and double check. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, Lord God, we pray that you will send angels by the hundreds of trillions, by the hundreds of trillions, angels of war, angels of light, angels of love, power, authority, the fire of God to descend upon this planet, to descend upon the spiritual realm above all the nation states, above Europe, above the Middle East, above Russia, China, above Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, and Thailand, above the, the Philippines, Father. Descend the angels upon these lands, upon Okinawa, Taiwan, in the name of Jesus, upon all of the countries of across Africa, across South America, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, across all of Europe, from Ireland, all the way to the eastern block states, northern Norway, to southern Cyprus, touch the people's Father God in the name of Jesus. Send the angels by an uncountable number in the mighty name of Jesus that God's will will be done. And Father, completely clad the angels ready for war to fight with the demons of darkness and the principalities and the powers to, 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 to overcome them in sheer numbers and, and, and by skill that is only to be found by the sons of God. We praise you, Father God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Father, for the opportunity to come before you. We praise you, Father, and we pray in the name of Jesus, please, that these prayers, these prayer tactics, the spiritual warfare tactics, all the things that need to be embedded deep within our heart, the methods, the scriptures that back them will place upon us a spirit of assurance that we know that we are praying fervently and effectively against the darkness and calling down your authority, your power, your resources, your angels to do exactly your will. For as the darkness rises, so does the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, and greater things than these will we do, because our King has gone to the right hand of you, our Father God, and we praise your name both now, forever and ever, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you for all joining in prayer. Continue, please, to pray prayers like these or just like these in Jesus' name as much as you possibly can. Pray for the lost. Pray for the people that are in turmoil and civil unrest, unable to get food because it's going to rise up and become bigger and more uh, uh, pervasive across the face of the earth until even there will, become, there will come a time when you will face it in your own front yard and our father will remember and really we should do it because we can't help it because we love because we are love see you next Friday Lord willing Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. 
When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on a living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride to set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five white virgins we will be. Your bride awaits the Patiently Longing for that blessed sound The dead will rise The churches gather We're praying that we're worthy, Lord To join our family When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure, and while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set it free Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.